my parents are classical musicians, so they had me um, playing music at a very early age. I think cello at the age of three, and piano at the age of seven, and really at that time I wasn't too into it. Um, I had an older sister who was great, and I felt like I was like no good because I was younger trying to start out, and I just wanted to play baseball. And um, I guess it was the age of 11 where I heard ACDC Back in Black, um, which just happened to coincide with like the beginning of MTV. And there was only like five or six videos on MTV in the early days. And one of them was, I think it was actually for those about to rock. Um, that might have been the first video that I saw, but um, anyway, to cut to the chase, ACDC and Angus Young are really the um, inspiration for me picking up a guitar and uh, requesting a guitar. The very brief agreement was to begin on my stepmother's acoustic guitar, and uh, my mom got me signed up for lessons with somebody who was teaching out of the Alfred method, uh, not to totally bag on the Alfred method, but it's like the three notes on the high E. And, I had a folk teacher who was chewing sunflower seeds in my ear, and I, it was not what I was picturing. I was going, man, this is not what I pictured. I thought I was going to learn rock stuff, and I had a friend though, who brought over his guitar one day, or maybe he picked up mine, I don't even really remember, but I knew he knew songs. And I was like, well, where did you learn all that stuff? And he said, man, I got this great teacher, all he does is teach you rock songs over at the mall. The, uh, the local mall. So I was like, well, shoot, I want to take from your teacher. Um, and it really was. That was what I pictured, and it really worked out great. I mean, all this guy did was teach me rock songs for the first year and a half, and he wouldn't write them out in any way, shape, or form. So what that did is it made me have to practice immediately after the lesson, otherwise you'd forget it. Even if you know, you're picking up something from memory, uh, you think you have it, but if you go to bed and you wake up the next day, you might go, man, I don't even remember where, where it starts. So I remember being in like the cubicle where the payphones were at the mall, practicing the song I just learned to try and get it under my fingers so I wouldn't forget it on the ride home even. Um, it really turned out to be a brilliant method for jump-starting me and, and uh, getting my interest together on guitar. and. Um, then that same store ended up hiring a teacher uh, for teaching some of, I guess at the time, us advanced students with uh, learning some lead guitar. Um, it was a guy who actually went on to do very well for himself as a guitar player. His name is TJ Helmrich. Um, has some great fusion albums out with Dennis Chambers and whatnot. Um, anyway, so he taught me the theory behind soloing and would figure out Randy Rhodes for me and whatever song I wanted to, whatever solos at that point that I wanted to learn. Um, note for note-ish, um, and yeah, that, that, that was really another great step. So I had, I had those teachers early on that really helped me to get going, and um, that didn't necessarily continue in my life. I felt like after I went to GIT, I think at the age of 19, it all kind of became uh, this, the real world for me, uh, the school of hard knocks, and playing gigs, and teaching, and whatever I could do to make a living at it and just kind of learning from the people I worked with. And um, I think there's a learning process just in learning sets of music too, which I've done a lot of over the, over the years, learning songs. And, and, um, and, and obviously I, I kind of knew where to head with some of the theory. Um, theory's a funny thing. Once you learn en enough of it, you can picture where you want to go with it. I don't really remember the first paying gig. It probably was with my first band, and that was called Outcry, and we played um, a mix of our own songs and covers, and we mainly covered like a lot of Dokken. There was like a lot of Dokken tunes being played by us. Um, 
And we would just play, there was like an all-ages club that we would play at, I think, once or twice a month, and a few other places as well. And uh, I was in that band for a couple years. There's studio recordings that exist, so from me being 15 years old in the studio, pretty awful. I think I was like running direct with like a GK head. And, um, back when those were becoming the thing that was like, gonna replace the Marshalls, you know? <laughs> Which didn't, didn't work out, incidentally. But um, anyway, yeah, that was pretty much the start of it. I remember being so nervous. The first, very first gig with that band was our drummer's high school talent show. And I just remember being so nervous that I literally could not move my feet. They were stuck to the floor. It was sort of like, I uh, forget which Brady, which one of the Brady girls froze on the Brady Bunch with the camera on her, but it was just stage fright at its worst. I mean, I was like uh, fixed in one position for I think the two, three songs that we played. Um, absolutely terrified and scared out of my mind. And um, you know, that's been a gradual process with me my whole career, you know. I still, I still even today, you know, still have uh, pre-gig anxiety and um, anxiousness, but I think that's also kind of what makes it fun and uh, exciting in the end, too. You never want to just be bored going into a show, wouldn't that be kind of disappointing? Oh yeah, I gotta go play. Um, so, I kind of appreciate the fact that I still feel some anxiousness and anxiety at times, because I think it just means it's important to me. Uh, to play well and and, um, and to have this profession that is totally awesome. I mean, there's nothing better than getting paid uh, to play rock guitar and see the world. I mean, it's, it's really a, a great way to, to make a living. So I definitely feel lucky to be doing this. It, it's been a series of baby steps for me in my career. I think getting out of GIT, I worked at Cherokee Studios for a year out there in, in LA, um, which is a great learning process for me as a tech. Um, but it was it was that era where the Rodney King riots happened in LA, and it was just really a little bit too much for a kid who was 19, 20 years old at that time. So I decided I'd go back to Chicago and get a um, a roster of some students and start teaching and see where it all led. Um, so it was a good chunk of time there where I had about 70 plus students a week, and that was the bulk of my income. And then I had my own bands with my friends that we'd mix up covers and originals and play bars, whatever, usually every weekend. And um, things kind of picked up for me in the Chicago area, playing with a girl named Kathy Richardson, who had her own material and uh, was popular locally. And that was a big step up for me at that time. And then working with Jim Peterick, who people know from um, Survivor and the Ides of March. Um, he had an event, usually once or twice a year, called World Stage, where he'd have his friends out and sing their hits. And he had a house band, and I was in that house band, even after I um, moved to New York, and that actually, incidentally, is what led to me joining Night Ranger, because Kelly Kagi, the drummer for Night Ranger, was one of those friends that would come out and sing the hits. Um, so I would see Kelly once or twice a year for about six or seven years before I learned that there was an opening um, in Night Ranger. Um, between that time, I had gone to New York to do a show about, uh, called Love Janice, about Janice Joplin. And that was really where the first break happened for me where I had no more teaching. It was only performing. So that was eight shows a week and lasted um, two years. So when it ended, all of a sudden I went, well, I guess I live in New York now. <laughs> I never had designs on moving to the East Coast or uh, living in New York at all, but funny how sometimes life can take you to places that you never thought you'd go. Anyway, 
So Love Janice was a great experience for me. I went and did that on the road and everything. I think I probably ended up playing about 12, 1300 shows of that. A lot, a real lot. Uh, great experience for me. That director also had a blues show that I went on the road with for a while. It ain't nothing but the blues. Straight ahead uh, blues performance show. Uh, that was a great experience for me. And in terms of touring with bands, which you can tell by now, like I haven't really mentioned any of that yet, that actually started in the oldie scene for me. Um, Love Janice led to me playing with Big Brother and the Holding Company. Um, their um, recently departed friend of mine, Sam Andrew, was the music director for um, Love Janice. And he hired me as their second guitar player on some shows, so I'd go around with them. And also the Turtles, uh, featuring Flo and Eddie. Uh, great learning experience for me um, going on the road with those guys and um, taught me how to do fly dates and actually um, for a period of time I was actually playing bass with them believe it or not so I was playing happy together on bass uh, pretty amazing to think about nowadays but it was a great learning experience for me um, just singing backgrounds and learning how to play gigs that weren't necessarily about check me out on guitar um, it made me have to really appreciate um, I guess the fundamentals of music a lot more and trying to make an impression as a valuable commodity in a situation where you couldn't necessarily shred or uh, go off on guitar. Uh, anyway, but I, I, I toured with the Turtles for a bit, and like I said, right about that time is where the Night Ranger thing kind of came from the Peterick gigs. Um, and that was a big change for me. Getting in Night Ranger was really the first time anybody started to know who I am a bit, I guess. Um, in terms of playing guitar, uh, it, it's a it's a guitar type of gig that people know who you are and learn your name more than the the stuff I had done leading up to it. Um, so great opportunity. Uh, I learned a lot from those guys and some of my dearest friends. You know, Brad Gillis and I are still um, best of buddies and, and talk on a regular basis. And uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of where I, I really got my stage presence together, that was a huge thing, because um, when I joined Night Ranger, um, I was getting my ass kicked by Gillis. <laughs> I, mean, I remember going to Japan when I was first in the band and looking up during a double guitar solo, and the whole audience was looking at Brad because he hadn't broken eye contact with them. I realized, oh, you can't just look down at your neck while you're playing solos. You need to, this is an interactive process. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Brad and Jack are, are uh, great performers in terms of uh, the energy and interaction. Um, so they really helped me get that together. Um, and, and just in general, uh, I just had a lot of experience with them, making two studio albums with them and a, and a live acoustic record. Um, so definitely that was a big uh, chunk of my learning process. And I guess it was, um, maybe only a year into Night Ranger, where I had been subbing on pit gigs in New York just to kind of stay busy, um, where you you know, are down underneath during a musical and you're playing. Uh, my friend who lives a couple blocks from me does that. Uh, I would learn whatever book he had, they call it, you know, the score, and go in and sub for him. And subbing on Tarzan uh, for him actually led to me getting the call for the Broadway show Rock of Ages. The uh, keyboard player for that show went on to become the music supervisor for Rock of Ages. So when they were going to put together the band, and they said, we got this 80s rock musical that's coming in off-Broadway, um, I was the guy that he thought of. So uh, that turned out to be a real blessing for me um, on many levels, just because what happened in 
Rock of Ages running for six years between Off-Broadway and Broadway is it allowed me to have a gig every day. I could take off whenever I wanted. That was the amazing thing. So I had six guys that would sub for me on that. Um, but I was free to tour with Night Ranger during that time and also Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which we'll get to in a minute. So basically, I was probably playing 375 shows a year at that during that whole run, that six, seven year run. Uh, a real blessing in terms of just constant, I mean, I was blinking and I was back on a stage in front of a big audience. It was like that often uh, for uh, quite some time. And that's a great experience. It certainly beats like, let me come up with like a fancy lick and, and videotape myself, put it on YouTube and try and get views. And I mean, this was like, it was an opportunity for me to play with musicians who I liked. And I mean, honestly, no, no, nobody starts out, myself included, going, uh, someday I'm going to play in a Broadway show. That was not at all uh, where my mindset was. I always wanted to be in a band and play rock music. Um, but that being said, this allowed me to play with great musicians, play music that I liked, and um, changed my financial reality quite a bit. I think entering into that time, even after a year in Night Ranger, I was still very much a struggling musician uh, financially. So this kind of took me to that next tier of kind of going, hey, I, things might be all right. <laughs> I might be able to make it through all this. Um, so simultaneously in that run with Night Ranger and Rock of Ages, I think um, two years in, I had the opportunity to audition for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, a couple friends had recommended me, Alex Skolnick, I think at that point, you know, I needed to take one year off, and I was able to um, get the gig, basically. And so all of a sudden I had, well, now this is going to be interesting because I've had Rock of Ages and I can just take off when I go play with Night Ranger, but now I've got this two-month window where I would have to take off of Rock of Ages and Night Ranger. So um, definitely challenging. Uh, the Night Ranger guys were very cool about that, and um, Rock of Ages, of course, there was really no choice for them as a union-protected gig, so it worked out. I had this, I guess, five years of doing all three, uh, of playing in Night Ranger and Rock of Ages any day I was home, and then come November, December, everything went on hold and I went out with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, and a great opportunity for me, that was really the first time of, well, I'd done, I'd done arenas with Night Ranger in support of things, but you know, you're on kind of early when people are still kind of finding their seats or whatever. And, and certainly not every gig was an arena gig, so uh, it was a great opportunity for me to get on stage and play eight shows a week for whatever, 10,000 people a show. Um, those that haven't seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I mean, there's like you know, eight shows a week, so often you're playing two shows in a day that are two and a half hours long, and you're on stage in front of 10,000 people, so that's just totally, really a valuable experience for any musician to uh, feel that kind of pressure and learn to get used to that. I guess because you always have to be on. You can't zone out and let your mind wander, and it's just not going to happen. So, um, great training with them that almost makes doing a normal rock tour feel very easy. <laughs> when you go from those eight, two and a half hour shows a week to playing uh, with Whitesnake currently at about four shows a week, 90 minute sets, it, it feels a lot easier. Um, quite, quite frankly, just the workload of it, not necessarily material. But uh, anyway, I guess now about two years ago, um, I sort of knew that Rock of Ages was going to be closing in New York, and 
in keeping an eye on like what's next and and what's um, what's the next move, uh, I had an opportunity to audition for Whitesnake. Um, and that went well. I mean, I, I'm trying to think exactly how it went. I think David, I, David had done a lot of research on me on YouTube. There was some well-respected people that recommended me to him, and I was definitely working and putting out feelers to try and get an opportunity. I didn't know where it would lead. Um, but getting out to audition, David had already done a lot of research on me. I think he put up some pre-production of the Purple album, so that was already very much in motion. I think I played on Lady Double Dealer, and then we did some singing, sang um, backgrounds to um, Sail Away, and everything went well. We ate dinner, got along, and David offered me um, the gig that night. And it was a little weird because I thought, well, man, Night Ranger has an album coming out in a week, and this is just it's awkward timing. I didn't know I'd get it. I kind of, you know, you, you try to do those things and thinking I won't be disappointed if I don't get it. I've um, got a band I'm happy with and all that stuff. But it was definitely an opportunity that I, I didn't want to pass up. I feel like the opportunity to work with David and, and some of the really um, experienced guys in this band, Tommy Aldridge and Red Beach, um, definitely uh, an, an opportunity that I didn't want to pass up. And also at that point to play immediately on an album and do a, a tour in support of that. So I felt like it was really good timing and also um, possibly something that can get you know my individual name out further in the world. I think with um, the things I'm mentioning with Night Ranger and Rock of Ages and Trans-Siberian Orchestra, there's a whole lot of U.S. touring. Um, so with Whitesnake, one of the major pluses is touring Europe and um, touring South America and even bigger in Japan possibly than um, the times I had been there. Uh, so it was, it was a great opportunity, something I didn't want to pass up, and now here I am, you know, two years later, basically, already with um, playing in Night Ranger. Things have gone great. I mean, I, I couldn't have, or I'm sorry, Whitesnake, I think I said Night Ranger. Um, things couldn't have gone better. Uh, David's great to work for. He's just been very supportive of me uh, uh, personally and professionally, wants me to play like who I am. And uh, he's very straightforward in terms of what he he wants um, from each of his players in the band, and uh, so you know we just try and be supportive of him and and offer him all the things he gives us, um, just right back to try and be courteous and do our jobs and be supportive and uh, just bring bring your A game. So uh, anyway, that's in terms of. Uh, the current t touring scenario where I am right now in the back of Whitesnake's uh, band bus here. So that brings us pretty much right up to date. I hope I didn't ramble too bad.